Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to another episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, my guest is Nelson Tressler. He's an author, and his story is so powerful. He shares his story of triumph over adversity, and we talk about how to break out of the victim mindset and how you can change your life. Thank you for being here, Nelson. I hope you're having a great day so far. Yeah, I am. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I read your bio and you have a very inspiring story, one that's really going to resonate with a lot of people. You were born into a situation where the odds were stacked against you, like so many of us, Uh, but you were able to turn that away from a victimhood into triumph, which is very inspiring. Do you mind sharing your story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, My mom became pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. And while she was pregnant with me, her father, who was the local trash collector in a small town in central Pennsylvania, drove into the town square. There he spotted two police officers. He stuck a gun out the window and opened fire on those police officers, killing one and critically wounding another. And eventually my grandfather was captured and brought to stand trial where he was facing the death penalty. And during his trial, My mother got up and testified to the jury that the reason that her father had shot and killed the police officer was that that police officer had raped her and she was now pregnant with his baby, who was me. And my mom's testimony worked. Uh, My grandfather's first trial ended in a hung jury and he was eventually um, found guilty where the state had taken off the death penalty because of my mom's testimony. He was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, where he ended up spending more than 40 years behind bars, leaving behind his family of 15 children, including my mom and now me in this small town, to deal with the consequences of what he had done. Wow. Well, that's a that's a very powerful story. It's a very it's like you said, it's a situation you were born where the odds were definitely stacked against you, but you did not use this as a, you know, you did not remain in the victim mode. And yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and and in fact, uh, my life didn't get any easier after that. Uh, You know, I'm born to a 15 year old mother, uh, which is hard enough. And then eventually uh, she meets a man who becomes my stepfather. And come to find out that he is an alcoholic and he is very physically and emotionally abusive to me and my mom almost every day. And uh, because of that, uh, my life uh, and social life and schooling are in upheaval all the time. And I remember one year uh, at the end of fourth grade, uh, the last day of school, I'm looking at my report card to see. Uh, who I'm going to have for my fifth grade homeroom teacher. And I look down at my report card and I see that I have straight Fs and that I won't be going on to the fifth grade that I've, you know, will be repeating the fourth grade. And it shouldn't have come to any surprise to me at this stage of my life. You know, my mom would rather me stay home from school and help her with our, uh, with the kids. Uh, And at this time of my life, I have four younger brothers and sisters and because of the lifestyle my mom and, and stepfather are living, a lot of the basic uh, needs uh, for my siblings are falling upon me as the oldest, from diaper changing to bottle feeding to you know waking up at 2 a.m. to put crying babies back to sleep. 
And the next year of school, uh, I get placed into special ed to try to get the help that I need. You know, at this stage of my life, I can't read, I can't write, I can't spell. Come to find out I have dyslexia. And uh, that's the way my life was going until one day uh, my stepfather was walking home drunk from a bar and uh, somebody else was driving home drunk from that bar and they ended up hitting and killing him. And uh, it was at this stage where my mom, who's lived a brutal life to this point, uh, here she is with five children. She's dropped out of school in the eighth grade. Uh, so no education, never worked outside of the home and losing my stepfather as abusive as he was pretty much left my mom without any hope. And it's at this time that she decides that she's going to take her own life. And, uh, it's, she attempts suicide. And fortunately she was not successful, uh, in her suicide attempt. But, uh, whenever she got out of the hospital, it was at that time that she decided that she wasn't going to be able to care for all of us. And that's when my family got split up. And I went to go live with my grandmother, who was the wife of the man who shot and killed the police officer. Oh, man. Wow. And, and from there, once you started living with your grandmother, how did your, what happened to the trajectory of your life? Yeah. Well, and, you know, for the first time in my life, when I'm living with my gram. There's always food in the house. I don't have to worry about my stepfather coming home and beating me or my mom or having to take care of my siblings. And the one rule my gram had was she didn't really care how well you did in school, but she absolutely uh, made sure that you were going to go to school. And that's probably comes from the fact that she had 15 children and that was her only break was when the kids went to school. So I started to go to school and in my survival instincts, could kind of tone down a little bit because all my needs were being met. And then one day a counselor came in from the local university and they talked about what it was going to take for kids to get into college. And I can remember thinking to myself, you know what, if I could go to college, my life would be perfect, you know, after I got a college degree. And, and that's where my mindset was. And as soon as you tell yourself, you know, you're going to do something that's hard and difficult, uh, that's when that voice in the back of your head screams at you all the reasons you shouldn't even attempt to do those hard things. And I can remember thinking, Nelson, you're in special ed. You can't read, you can't write, you can't spell, you have dyslexia. Of the family that I came from, only two people had ever graduated from college. Uh, none, or excuse me, from high school, none had even attended college. Um, so it was an uphill battle for me. I knew that, but I also knew where I was heading and, and I didn't like where I was heading. So after that day, I started to do the things that I thought that uh, I needed to do to get into college. And uh, 12 years after setting that goal, uh, four different universities, four years in the United States Air Force, I finally became that first person in my family to graduate from college and get a college degree. Congratulations. That's a, that's a huge accomplishment. And you really put your mind to it and you accomplished that goal. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it was hard. I, I hit some hurdles there. I, I, you know, like I said, I went to four different universities, um, ran out of money, had to go into the air force to get the GI bill. But eventually, you know, I didn't stop. Eventually I kept going and eventually I got that degree and, uh, it's made a huge difference in my life. 
Definitely. You're an author of a book and you're, you, you're a graduate. You went to the Air Force. The Air Force is definitely not easy to get into. And you know, you're, you're helping people. Yeah. You're helping people. Yeah. And, and, you know, after I, after I kind of set that goal, even though I really didn't know what goals were, after I set that goal and I was able to get my degree, I really, it really opened my eyes to the power of goals and personal development. And I really became obsessed after that uh, with goals and personal development. And I started to use them in every area of my life. And it's been 20 years since I graduated from college. And over those 20 years in using goals and personal development, I became the number one salesperson worldwide for a top five commercial real estate firm. I've started more than 10 businesses, including one of the largest privately held pet resorts in the country. Um, I just celebrated my 25th wedding anniversary um, to, to my wife. Uh, we have three very productive boys. Uh, in fact, just last weekend, my oldest son got married. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I've really used goals and personal development to, to design and to live a life that I couldn't have even imagined. And that's why I'm out there. That's why I wrote the book, The Unlucky Sperm Club. And that's why I'm out there with I Got Smarter is to help people realize that they can live the life that they want to live. If, as long as they get the right tools, the right knowledge, and especially the right support, we all can live the life of our dreams if we just uh, continue. Definitely. And your, your story is so powerful and just with everything. So, and a pet resort, that's, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I might actually ask you afterwards about that because that, that's, that's a cool Yeah, it was concept. a fun business. It was a fun that's business. That's a cool concept. I like that. And just, just everything and your family marriage, the success and helping other people. So how can someone reject the victim mindset? It's very easy to fall into that. I've been there. Pretty much all of us probably have. How can someone reject that? Yeah, I think we all fall into the victim mindset. I know I was there early on in my life. And the one thing that I realized was, uh, you know, I needed to take 100% control for my success. And the day that I did that, the day that I realized that I was in control of my success and I quit blaming it on other people and blaming it on other things, once I realized I was in control, then, then uh, I could make changes to go in a direction that I wanted to go. As long as I was in that victim mindset, as long as I kept blaming other people and other things for the lack of my success or my struggles or my problems... I lost all control and uh, I needed to wait for other people to change. I needed to wait for things to change or places to change. And I was just sitting there waiting for those things to change. And the funny thing is they never did change. And as soon as I realized, Hey, I'm taking control of this. I can't control the way the, the winds of the world blow, but I can control the way that I set my sail. And that was a huge turning point in my life when I realized that I was in control and that I took 100% responsibility for my success, no matter what happened, that's when my life started to turn around and I, and I saw that power that I had. Wonderful. So like you said, you can wait and wait for other people to change. I know we have these, we all have these frustrations. I've been there and nothing seems to change. 
And that just puts us in a passive role, definitely puts us in the victim role. So to take an active role, to take charge and take control and just to change what you can, you can only control yourself and your own actions, not the actions of others. So many people think that our circumstances are our lives. And, and that's mm-hmm. not true. Our, our lives are what we do in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think people who are stuck in that victim mindset uh, want to blame and point. I mean, I could have easily blamed my mom for a horrible childhood and had mm-hmm. that resentment. Uh, my mom is my biggest fan today. I mean, she was out here for my son's wedding and we were celebrating and having good times and reminiscing and I mean, I, I would, I would be missing out on all of that joy and all of that love if I were looking to her uh, and and trying to blame her. Instead of that, I, I, I mean, another one of my favorite quotes is, "You get to give meaning to everything that happens to you in your life." And if you get to give meaning to everything that happens to you, why on earth would you give everything a bad meaning? And I took a step back and I looked at my mom's life. Here was my mom. 15 years old and pregnant uh, in a small town where her father had shot and killed a police officer. She was in an abusive relationship for years and years with her husband. She had it harder than I had. So how fair would it be for me to blame her for anything? And in fact, I think we have the opportunity to support each other because we went through a lot of the same things together. And because of that, um, you know, we're best friends and we're each other's biggest fans. And the great thing for my mom is whenever my stepfather got hit and killed by that drunk driver, that opened the door for her to meet somebody else. And she met my stepfather today and they've been married for 35 years and she is living a drastically different life than she was back then. And, uh, she's a different person than she was back then because of the life that she is living. So. That's another thing is just because we are who we are today, that doesn't mean we always have to be who we always were. Uh, We get that opportunity every single day to become a better version of ourselves. And that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what I'm trying to help other people do is become that better version of themselves. Every day, the only person we should be comparing ourselves against is who we were yesterday and who we are today. And uh, if we're better than we were yesterday, then we're on the right course. If we're not, then we need to take a step back and readjust. Absolutely. And how would you advise somebody to take control of their life if they're really in that stage where they're spiraling and each day they they keep trying and they keep finding themselves in a victim mindset? How can they just snap out of it and take control? What's something like maybe two things someone can do? Well, yeah, I, I think taking control is the is the biggest thing and realizing that you are in control. No matter what happens mm-hmm. to you, uh, you get to respond the way that you want to respond. You can't control what's happening to you or even what happened to you, but you can res- you can control how you respond to it. So are you responding in a way that is taking your life in a direction that you want it to go? Um and so many people want to respond with negativity or they want to respond with blame. The problem with responding that way is it's not benefiting you. Uh, it's, it's making you weaker. And just like I talked about, you get to give meaning to everything. 
Um, you know, some bad things are going to happen to all of us. But if we try to spin that and give it a positive meaning, maybe these events are going to make you stronger. Maybe these events opened your eyes to the way uh, people really, truly are. Um, but we we need to respond to it that's going to benefit us. So many people out there, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, drinking poison and hoping that it hurts the other person. And uh, that that never happens. We need to respond to things that are going to benefit us. And as soon as we do that, that's when we take control of our success. And that's when we will be going a direction that we want to go. Absolutely. And so you mentioned before about a goal. You had a goal of going to college. Now, how can one goal, just taking one goal, change your life? Like yeah, that? I mean, not only can it change your life, it'll change generations after you. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said here today, you know, I'm, I'm 49 years old. Um, my grandfather was 48 years old when he shot and killed that police officer. He was behind bars for the rest of his life. Um, because of the decisions that he made. And my mom <clears throat> was, you know, when she was 18 years old, she was struggling. She had a baby. So, I mean, but because I was able to set that goal, because I set that goal to graduate from college, I'm living a drastically different life from that one goal. And that one goal led into other goals of starting businesses and having a great marriage and joining the Air Force. And because of my goals, my children, my three boys are living drastically different lives than I live. And that's the power that we're dealing with. Goals don't just affect the person that is setting the goals and achieving the goals. Goals change everybody around you. And that's what they've done for my family is my, my kids, um, you know, I, I've got one son who uh, got a division one scholarship to baseball. And, you know, I have another son who's, uh, you know, just bit, been married to his sweetheart. So it's it's a drastically different uh, family life than what I grew up in. And it all started with one goal and then it built upon that. And that's what I'm trying to convey is we've got, we all can only start one place. That's exactly mm -hmm. where we are, we're at. And we can only start with what we have. And there's so many people out there that want to wait until all the traffic lights are green before they start on their journey to success. Mm -hmm. We can't do that. We need to start where we're at. We need to start with what we have and we need to start today. And that's how you gain success because you don't even know what you don't know if you don't start on your journey of success. That's a, amazing and so true. And so you can become something, you can become, well, almost anything you want. I would say anything, but I don't know if that's totally true, but you are capable of becoming what you want to be, but you have to create that in your mind first. Would you agree with that or? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I actually believe there, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish with enough time, enough mm -hmm. focus and enough energy. Now, you know, for me to become an NBA basketball player, I might need 200 years in order to accomplish that. And I'm not sure I have 200 years left in me, but I truly believe you could do that. Um, so, I mean, we need to be careful with that. Um, but no, I absolutely believe we can accomplish anything we put our mind to as long as we have that focus, as long as we have enough time to do it and enough energy to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So people 
should not be daunted by by a goal that seems difficult, especially now. You know, there's we're living in a time that there's a lot of there's things that are restricted um, because of the pandemic. So it's still a good time to pursue your goals. Yeah, I mean, one one thing that I think we need to do is goals build upon each other. So I mean, if it's your goal to maybe let's let's say run a marathon and you haven't run a mile in 20 years, chances mm-hmm. are you might want to break that big goal down into a small piece. And maybe okay. your first goal is to run a mile, uh, you know, over the next four week sprint. And that's what we do at I Got Smarter is we teach people how to break these huge goals down into what we call four week sprints because our mind can wrap around running a mile in four weeks. And that's Mm -hmm. why 90% of goals fail is because there's no urgency. Things change. Mm -hmm. Our mind doesn't work well with big numbers. If it's your goal to run a marathon, maybe in the next four weeks, you're going to run a mile without stopping. And then the four week sprint after that, maybe you're going to run a 5k and the four week sprint after that, maybe a 10k and then maybe a half marathon and then a marathon. But we can wrap our minds around running a mile today. And after you're able to run a mile, you can wrap your, your mind around the next goal. But the problem is, is people look at these huge goals and say, I want to run a marathon. And then all of a sudden their mind's like, oh, I'll never be able to run a marathon because they can't run a mile. So breaking those goals down into those bite-sized pieces definitely helps you and uh, keeps you going and, and success begets success. Uh, you know, you, you, you're able to run that mile and you like the way that makes you feel. Now you're ready for the next goal. I love that to break it up into small sprints and rather than looking at the, the whole picture can be daunting, but if you break it up into manageable chunks, it's not as bad. And then you can, and then you can look back at your progress and say, wow, I'm at the top of the mountain here. I never thought I could do it because I just did steps. Well, and and I mean, look, look at me, I'm sitting here talking to you about goals and personal development and success. I mean, if, if you would have, uh, if you would have looked at me when I was 10 years old or 12 years old, uh, the chances of me being here are, you know, probably below 1%. Uh, but I set that first goal and that first goal build upon other goals And that's the one thing I think everybody needs to realize. Just because we are who we are today, that's not who we always have to be. And, um, you know, if people realize what potential lies within them, they would never settle for average again. Because we are all extraordinary people. We all have this magic inside of us that can do great things. And the only thing that we need to do is realize what it is and then take the time and the energy and the focus to release it into the world. Absolutely. And so there was something else that we had touched on so that your choices are more important than your circumstances, the choices you make. Yeah. I mean, we can find ourselves in horrible circumstances and sometimes there's nothing we can do about those circumstances. But again, we can absolutely choose how we react to it and what choices Mm -hmm. we make. And are those choices strengthening us or are they weakening us? Are they getting us closer to the life that we want to live or are they getting us further away from uh, from the life that we want to live? Absolutely. Now, 
You wrote the book, The Unlucky Sperm Club. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about the book and, and what's it about? Yeah. So you, you've heard my origin story, so you can imagine where the title came from. I don't think I was born in very favorable circumstances. Um, but um, because, of the, because of where I was born in those circumstances, I really feel like I was born into the Lucky Sperm Club, and that's kind of the spin that I put in, in the book. So it's a memoir. It, it talks a lot about um, my childhood and some of the experiences that I had there and what I learned from that. And it talks about some of the businesses that I had started as an adult and the struggles that I had there. And I talked a little bit about me and my wife being married for 25 years. Well, 15 years ago, uh, it, we were probably a few arguments away from not being married. Uh, so I really pulled back the curtain because I think a lot of people see somebody who has some perceived success and they either think it was overnight or they think it was always like that or that it was easy. And I wanted to show people that it wasn't easy and it's not easy and you have to constantly work at it, but it is possible. And not only is it possible, but it's probable as long as you continue and you know what you want to accomplish and you come up with that plan to do it and you do it a little bit each day and, uh, and don't stop. Great. And you can get that book on Amazon, correct? Yeah. The book's available everywhere. Books are sold Amazon and audible. If you if you like listening to your books. Oh, nice. Great. And now you're, I got smarter goals elevator. So how can people work with you? Cause I bet you there's a lot of people who could benefit from this, especially as you mentioned, the breaking things into chunks. Right? That's gonna Yeah. Happen. So, so we have a couple of apps out there. Uh, I got smarter is an app. It's at the app store. It's on uh, Apple and Android. And we, I came up with a program that I've used over the last 25 years to design my life. And I know what's worked and what didn't work and what's worked with people that I've worked with and what didn't work. And I put all of that into an app that has a self-assessment to make sure that you're working on the goals that are important to you and that it builds in all the things that you need in order to be successful in your goals. And I priced it to a point to where price isn't an issue. It's $10 a month and it takes you 10 minutes a day to plan out your day and really focus on the things that matter. So for 10 bucks a month and 10 minutes a day, in 10 years, you'll be living a life that you couldn't have even imagined. I love that. How can people find you and work with you? Uh, you can go to nelsontrustler.com and everything is there. Okay. The uh, I Got Smarter uh, links are there. Uh, the book, uh, The Unlucky Sperm Club is there. So you can go to nelsontrustler.com. Uh, you can also uh, find me on the social networks uh, at Nelson Tressler. Okay. And that's T-R-E-S-S-L-E-R. So nelsontressler.com and on the social networks as well. Wonderful. Now we're about to sign off in a couple minutes, but I was wondering if you had anything that you wanted to share with the listeners before we sign off. Yeah. I mean, we talked, we touched on this a little bit, but you know, hopefully uh, your listeners were inspired and motivated and, uh, you know, want to do something different in their lives after hearing this, my best advice for you is do it now. Don't wait. Don't wait till Monday. 
Don't wait till the beginning of the month and, and heaven forbid, don't wait till New Year's to get started. Start where you're at and start right now. Uh, so many people want to wait for someday and, uh, you know, the, the inspiration will be gone by then. Something else will come up. You know, don't, don't talk yourself out of starting and knowledge is never the problem. If you don't know what you need to do to get started on your dreams, Google it. You'll have a million, uh, results. Uh, execution is our problem. We just need to do what we know we need to do. So start where you're at and start today. Wonderful. That's great advice. And thank you so much, Nelson, for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate our conversation. Your story is so inspiring, and I know people will get a lot out of it. And again, yeah, I thank appreciate you, so you having much. me on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Susan, you remember the time we were in Orange County? We were driving around and we got lost. And we ran into this place called Avila's El Ranchito. You remember the place? The place had awesome decor and authentic margaritas. Did you know that Avila's El Ranchito has been around since 1966? They have 13 locations throughout Orange County. Visit Salvador Avila's location in Lake Forest and Foothill Ranch for great food, ambiance, and specialty margaritas. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com, and click on Contact, and there's a form there. I'll get back to you. You can also find all my social media directly from my website, and feel free to let me know about what you want to hear on this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein.